Hi Jayant, welcome back. Hope you had Hi, a great Leslie. trip, yeah. Hope you had oh, a yeah. great trip in Geneva. So I heard yeah. you had some problem. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it was while traveling, but I think you got a minor AI scare, if I were to put it. <laughs> well, well, to tell you, there was a problem while traveling as well. Europe is hot. I mean, you know, Geneva, Switzerland, it, it it's hot. I was missing Bangalore, you know. For, ah, for you all... told me there were no no fans. Yeah. So that. They're not used to this kind of heat and uh, the heat and the radiation, no fans, no ACs in the room. So, but that's a different conversation. That's a conversation for another podcast or offline. Yeah, because we are talking about AI and climate change. <laughs> oh, yes, we, exactly. AI and climate change. Uh, but it was interesting. Yeah, I saw, uh, saw CERN and everything. So it, it was a good trip. But uh, yeah, before going to that trip, it was it was very interesting. So, uh, in fact, you know, uh, before going to Geneva, I was supposed to be in uh, Canada, Montreal, right? Uh, so, uh, I was trying to book my tickets. Uh, my Canada visa came in really late. So, I had just one day to book my ticket. And I was just checking, you know, what 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 were the tickets available what are the flights available if i can still make make that trip and also go to geneva on the way back to india and uh, in make my trip i just entered uh, you know bangalore to montreal for you know for for the next day and i was just checking what were the flights and the tickets available the tickets were exorbitant they were you know almost $5000 one way so wow. uh, yeah i was i was just uh, making up my mind whether i should go or not so i i left it at that and it was at around 8, 8.30 in the evening. In fact, it was the same day that we recorded our second episode, uh, you know, that night. And I left it at that. And, you know, post-dinner, I was just checking something on my laptop. I, I just went to the YouTube in the same Chrome browser, by the way. And I was watching some video on uh, YouTube. And before the video started, there was this ad, the video ad, right? And the video ad was that of, uh, you know, Emirates Airlines for a, uh, you know, uh, for a flight between Bangalore to Montreal. And the <laughs> entire 30-second video was of, you know, Montreal. They were like, how you should visit Montreal for music festivals, comedy festivals, the culture shows, you know, everything that is there to see in, uh, in Montreal. And I was very surprised. I was like, how can there be an ad for something that I checked, uh, you know, about half an hour or one hour back? So mm. customized. And, and I kept thinking about it. it it's a video ad, mind you right they were track tracking everything you do yeah and it turned out i mean and this is this is what i've realized uh google has imagine which is uh their video generative ai engine text prompt to video generator right which sure. they yet haven't launched they're still beta testing it so my uh deduction is that uh whatever i have entered in make my trip as as a flight search has been turned into a text prompt and converted into a video ad and a personalized targeted ad has been shown to me within minutes of you know me looking for an uh, you know for a for a flight or searching for a flight on make my trip or the india equivalent of kayak right and this is how you know the generative ai and and once maker videos imagines uh, you know become fully commercially available this is how personalized and targeted ads can get and and it it got me you know thinking for an hour or or, or so that how can this give me a video ad of specifically bangalore to montreal flight right and this this is what i could come up with and and th this is already you know uh, getting yes 
engross sometimes into our lives. Nu- yeah, and sometimes it's a nuisance. Sometimes it's helpful. Uh, I mean, I guess most of the recommendation engines uh, typically, uh, you know, uh, tout the fact that okay, fine, they're trying to help you, they're trying to assist yeah. you. But the point is, like, it's invading your privacy. Sometimes you just don't want somebody else to know your plans. And here you have somebody putting up a video in multi-second generated on the fly, and it, it, it's pretty dis- disconcerting, as uh, uh, one may put it. And you no. also. Yeah, Absolutely, please. and 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 in my mind, in terms of ads, I mean, you know this best. You're you're a media professional, you know, text, and then you know, print or graphic or picture based ads, and then the best uh, responses and uh, engagement is for video ads, any which ways. I mean, that's why in the conventional media, television ads and the airtime was so costly. And now, I- imagine if such uh, targeted video ads can be personalized and shown to you. imagine the ad economy you know ad industry and and the entire con- consumption based economy where that can get to i'm i'm just thinking how can amazon use it right how can i'm, I'm also i'm also interested in you know i i we probably may have to get an ad guy to here to understand how they share the revenue because if these uh, videos are generated on the fly how right. do they share the revenue because who knows how was it it's there 30 second video generated and does it die does it stay what exactly happens you know because they're customizing it on that so it's i i think it's pretty in, uh, interesting the ad revenue share model would be in my mind uh, and and this is the industry 30, analyst 30. this is the industry analyst in me uh, speaking but it will be same as the digital ad revenue right as your yeah. web ads today okay whatever your 30, conversion 70, conversion 70, rates 30, are 30. yeah whatever your conversion yeah. rates are conversion but, yeah yeah but but that's what i'm thinking the power of generative ai is that it's getting into richer and richer media and extremely uh, you know fast so that the relevance and the you know uh, contextual nature of of what's on your mind is 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 stays there i mean imagine i was searching for a flight and within half hour i get a uh, extremely highly audio visual uh, rich ad i i would have almost booked that uh, booked that flight right so yeah, this is some sometimes yeah, it's yeah. helpful i mean clearly sometimes uh, these kind of things are uh, helpful they may look intrusive but uh, yes uh, i mean it's a little uh, overwhelming that you suddenly find something especially if you're not uh, used to uh, or you're not uh, comfortable with the idea that ai is tracking you 24 by 7 Uh, in fact actually a lot of scams also are, uh, are happening of late i mean you can act, uh, f- you get these stray calls right where nobody speaks at the other end and you are saying hello hello in fact actually you can just take a 3 second call of yours do voice cloning and play it back i mean there have been uh, a lot of cases now of ai impersonation for plenty of other you know for uh, i mean they could steal your bank account if they know enough uh, stuff about you and the issue here out now is that people have become uh, uh, especially on facebook and all they'll put their parents name they'll put their father's name they'll put their mother's name everything that is there in a bank account and then they ask right. you know how exactly am i exposed you know why am i exposed why, why does google but you have voluntarily shared a lot of this kind of information either with the visa authorities when you are traveling up and down like for geneva i am sure they have all the information at their fingertips right. 
without right. without which you wouldn't have uh, got your uh, it's a Schengen visa, right? It's so a you, Schengen visa, you, yes. Yeah, so you wouldn't have got that. If if I'm traveling to the US, US knows everything about me. If I'm yeah. traveling to Canada, Canada knows. Oh, any country for that matter. Why India knows everything about every other traveler. So uh, and then of course uh, Facebook uh, knows practically everything because we are sharing all the images out there either we are doing it on instagram either we are doing it on facebook and worse still what i find that okay mother's name is sacrosanct in banking accounts especially Correct. in india and this True. is you know we sort of very <laughs> without even giving it a thought we're sharing it all over the place i think people should be probably a little wary about these things but I, I guess it's part and parcel of the entire thing. Yeah, it's it's very, um, you know, uh, interesting you bring up that point because I just had a lunch meeting, an extended lunch meeting with a very good friend of mine who's a cybersecurity expert. He's been in the space of cybersecurity and identity and access management uh, and data security for the last 25 years, right? So we were discussing some of these things. He says, at least in, in the consumer space, it's very difficult to secure this data and the data breaches. But in the in the enterprise space, apparently the you know security is is uh, gotten to the next level where you know this guy specializes in identity and access management. They are also using AI. They are literally using AI to see which employee is logging in from which IP and you know accessing which apps and for how long, whether he has access to it or not, and and for what purposes. So that kind of behavior and any abnormalities or flags are being raised. So they are using AI and ML in cybersecurity to look for abnormalities. But this is happening at the enterprise uh, level. But in the consumer uh, space, you know, some of these data that we so freely share uh, and with some of these engines becoming so powerful, uh, you know, the the security infrastructure is still not in place in the in the consumer space to uh, you know, to prevent some of these mishaps or breaches. Yeah, but even in the enterprise space, for that matter of fact, even the point is that even the hackers are using AI and ML. I mean, I'm talking of the Correct. real uh, top-end hackers. I'm not talking of the run-of-the-mill kind of, you know, the Nigerian scammers, etc. No, but I'm talking of those who are like, you know, in those cubby holes of uh, Russia or China, or, uh, you know, those usual suspects that we have. Because I was speaking to a lot of the cyber, uh, global cybersecurity experts, and they've been, you know, they acknowledge the fact that uh, hackers will probably be one step ahead of yeah. uh, uh, anything, regardless of what you do. Because just as you have access to the tool now, everything is open source also. True. Like yes. LLMs are open source. Yeah. The, the, they could also use a zero shot learning. They could uh, use uh, anything for that matter of fact. So all the tools that are available with enterprise great uh, security experts uh, are available with uh, hackers. But of course, that's uh, a subject for the, another uh, episode uh, altogether. Um, now, since you made that distinction between the consumer and the enterprise, uh, I think you're already aware of what's happened in the enterprise space. Chat GPT finally has come out with an enterprise version. Right. But, that but before was that, a logical extension, it was expected anyways. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the moment it became a Microsoft company, true. yes. We knew where it was going. Yeah, <laughs> they were talking about Chat Chat GPT for business. Now, finally, anyway, they have come out with it. But before uh, I speak about uh, Chat GPT for enterprises, I also want to, uh, you know, uh, get your quick thoughts on Meta's uh, uh, seamless M40. Now, that's basically the massive multilingual, multimodal machine translation. Yes, this is the first multimodal model uh, which represents a. Uh, 
I mean, they say it's a very significant breakthrough in speech to speech and speech to text translation and transcription. Now, of course, this is again a, a kind of an open source because I think it's a Creative Commons uh, uh, license. license. License, yeah, yeah, yeah. And license, supposed, yes. yeah, and it. I mean, the, 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 there are distinctions even in the Creative Commons. Some yes. of them are not totally open source. Some yes. are so, so. I won't get into that. That's uh, too technical. Open me. source is a whole episode or yeah. three unto itself. Easily, absolutely. Yeah. But what I like was that it's being public. It's in a public domain. Uh, it supports nearly a hundred languages for input, speech plus text. A hundred languages for text output, and thirty-five languages, which includes English, yeah. um, uh, for speech output. So this was just. I mean, of course, uh, the Indian Institute of Science uh, is also doing a lot of stuff. Google in India is also doing a lot of stuff yeah. in Indian languages. Uh, we know the uh, uh, Nandan Nilekani's AI for Bharat and all yes. these. And you're very well versed with what's happening in that. But I just thought, you know, uh, our listeners should know that uh, Meta has also uh, come up with this. Uh, it's it's always, you know, I think these, uh, what I find is a strange coincidence, coincidence uh, like suddenly Google will come out. I think Google has announced something on Gemini. Uh, yes. uh, Meta will announce something on multimodal. And uh, I think they wait for each other, you know, either one of them. You have to understand that. All these companies are based in California and within a few kilometers of each other. And most of the data scientists and the engineers, you know, work for most of these companies and they're poached from one of these companies any which way. Between Amazon, Apple, uh, Facebook, uh, Alphabet, okay, uh, with Google. And it's and... not only not not only that, Ajay. They, I mean, they, they're on each other's Twitter's timeline. Yeah. So they can yeah. see if the moment Yan Lee Kun makes an announcement. Jeffrey Hinton uh, has to Yeah, Jeffrey Hinton has to do Hinton it. Hinton has to or, do it. Yeah. Uh, Shane, Shane Leg from DeepMind will do something else. So, so, and they have their, you, you can see those debates. They'll keep on replying to each other. They'll keep on. It, it's a very uh, healthy debate uh, and Got very that. instructive and insightful kind of conversation to follow. No. Now, on chat, uh, yeah, please, uh, please, even please. before you get there, I wanted to make a point on Meta's announcement on multilingual, multimodal uh, LLM. Yeah, the seamless uh, M40. The, yeah, the seamless M40. Uh, multimodal was coming any which way. We knew that with GPT-4. But it's multilingual is, yeah, multilingual is, is interesting because uh, there are two ways to look at it, right? There are some language companies in different parts of the uh, world, you know, which are, which specialize in languages and dialects and language translation and there are machine translation engines even in india you know there are companies like uh, revry and nani and yellow.ai which do machine based indian languages uh, localization and translation okay and some of these companies have a leverage because they understand languages better dialects better right but some of the big tech companies you know uh, they they have knowledge graphs and they have intent uh, you know uh, intent interfaces Okay, and now they are catching up on the language part. So, you know, it's it's a race between whether these language companies can build knowledge interfaces or intent interfaces first or these big tech companies uh, who actually are in the business of uh, core business of building intent interfaces and knowledge uh, interfaces can can adapt to languages. Looks like, you know, with Facebook's seamless M40, this is the first, uh, you know, uh, first stroke of the big tech companies who you know have intent interfaces at the core are now building languages uh, also 
So with a combination of these two, you know, the entire localization of languages and machine translation is very soon going to be go, uh, you know, going to be in the realm of uh, the big tech companies as well. So you know, this is this is a shift in the uh, in the machine translation industry and the languages industry uh, and localization industry also. You know that we should look at. Yeah. Gentle also uh, recall, I mean, uh, you know, I've had this conversation earlier also on a couple of occasions with Badav Tudovsky. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Badav Tudovsky, for the, yeah, for the uh, listeners, Badaf he's with Google and he's one of the uh, chiefs of, uh, as far as languages is concerned, he's uh, yeah. one of the uh, major researchers out there. Now, uh, what uh, Badak had told me, uh, I, I remember earlier also, that I mean, basically, the whole ability of uh, languages learning from another language, a single language, you don't need to know, like, for instance, if you're, if you're trying to translate Arabic, you could translate it with the knowledge that you have of, say, another uh, language, whether it's Yiddish or whether it's Jewish or whatever language uh, you're, you're speaking. So it's, it's you're learning from each language. And that cross-pollination happens. And he said that that would happen with Indian languages also, which we are seeing at this point in time. A lot, many of these companies are actually doing exactly that. And of course, we'll be calling some language experts also out here who can explain exactly what it means because we are talking from a, you know, a 360 degree kind of stuff, talking about, you know, how the, the zero uh, short or few short learnings are happening, in-context learnings are happening, etc. But I, I found that uh, very interesting that at, finally that's happening. And as far as your observation on startups versus thing, yes, I have uh, had uh, chats with uh, uh, Nyan especially uh, right. and ask you know whether what yeah so what's the relevance you know of your company after some point in time these guys will just chew you alive kind of but it's not true i think there's some complementarity being built and then also i get the feeling sometimes that they would you know i think many other companies may want to get the smaller companies may want to reach out to these companies there'll always be those larger kind of uh, llms which will basically have to be fine-tuned and then uh, customized and then got on to do so that you can make sense of it in your own organizations. Which brings me to the whole question, uh, to the whole issue on the topic that we wanted to deal today with chat GPT for enterprises. Right. So now uh, I'll just put forward a few points uh, for the listeners and then I would love your thoughts on what you feel, where this is going to take or how... Uh, you know, what are the differentiators? Because obviously other people are also in the space. And, uh, but so here are the, some of the highlights. So uh, I think basically, again, uh, uh, ChatGPT or OpenAI is using ChatGPT for uh, what it says, clearer communication, accelerating coding tasks, uh, you know, uh, exploring answers rapidly for complex business uh, questions, assisting with creative work, et cetera, et cetera. Now the features are like unlimited access to GPT-4, which is no usage caps. I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, it is the higher speed performance for uh, GPT-4, up to 2x, uh, two times faster. Uh, then there's unlimited access to advanced data and uh, analysis, which was formerly known as uh, code interpreter, if you remember. Yes. Uh, the context windows are almost like four times longer inputs now. It's like 32K. Uh, so that I, uh, because they you can process far more data at one go, that is the thing. And even for follow-ups, for files, for follow-ups, etc. 
there are shareable chat templates for any company to collaborate and build, you know, if they want to build uh, common workflows. And there are free credits to use the APIs if uh, anyone wants to extend, uh, you know, open AI into a fully customized solution for, uh, for the company. Now, the interesting part out here, if you remember, I had written, a, I had spoken to a lot of companies in India about uh, using um, uh, generative AI and the open AI apps. Uh, at that point in time, we didn't have chat GPT for enterprises, but of course the APIs were there in the open domain. Right. So people were anyway customizing it and using it. Now, what I, uh, observe, and these are like big companies which I have quoted over there in my article also about TechMinds. I think TechMinds is at the forefront of uh, many of these things. It's doing a lot of work in this space. But the interesting part is this, uh, came on the back of what happened at Samsung, where they banned uh, ChatGPT. Yes. yes. So, you know, there was that initial scare around it. My question to you is, in your talks with all the enterprises uh, and with this opening up of uh, ChatGPT for enterprises, what do you believe at this point in time will happen in the, say, the next couple of months? Because my understanding is basically that you still have to do a lot of fine-tuning on the yes. LLMs. It's not something that you can take an LLM and put it out there, which I think this misconception has to be cleared. And many people have been talking about it. Enterprises themselves keep on insisting that, hello, it's, you know, there's a lot of legacy. Now, you, you come with a telco background, so you know the kind of legacy equipment that everybody has out here. A lot of integration issues. So if you can just spell that out, and uh, that will be interesting. Yeah, so... What I see happening, uh, and this is based on my conversations with some of the senior professionals in some of the companies and different across industries as well, is that the within enterprises, the chat GPT and chat GPT based applications uh, and tools and solutions acceptance is happening. I mean, you know, enterprises and the decision makers in enterprises are uh, saying that this is the new reality that we have to live with. And some of the enterprises are also uh, already adopting and implemented some of these generative AI-based uh, tools. For example, uh, you know, I was just speaking to someone uh, senior who heads the support for an American uh, telecom company. You know, it's a global company. Uh, their support tickets, right? For example, they, you know, they use something called as a text expander. Uh, wherein you know you just give the ticket uh, number and it it uh, it extracts all the uh, you know key data from that uh, you know trouble ticket okay and uh, prepares a good uh, automated email uh, response okay to be sent back uh, you know and and keeping the uh, customer or the client uh, engaged and updated on the on the resolution of the issue okay now the support engineer doesn't have to you know get get in and do that so for some of these use cases, especially in the support, and this I'm talking about enterprise support, mind you. This I'm talking about very core IT, deep IT infrastructure support. This is not your regular consumer, uh, you know, support or customer care. So some of these, uh, you know, tools are already being um, used. And now ChatGPT coming up with a whole suite of features and functionalities for enterprise is only going to make a whole, you know, open up a whole space for enterprise apps, okay, uh, and solutions development uh, to, to come in place. I mean, you know, and, and everybody is getting ready for it. Enterprises are accepting that, you know, uh, 
generative AI and chat GPT and even multimodal uh, generative AI based solutions are something that they that they have to live with. On the support side, they're looking at, uh, you know, text-based, chat GPT-based solutions. On the marketing and the ad side, they're looking at make a video and imagine-based uh, solutions or, uh, you know, mid-journey and uh, uh, DALI 2-based uh, based solutions. But uh, in spe for specific teams and departments and use cases and applications, enterprises are opening up. Now, what happens is GPT-4, Claude, uh, you know, uh, and all these LLM engines right now are very generic. Okay. What we are also seeing are uh, the evolution of vertical based LLMs, vertical based LLMs. Okay. Healthcare, education, uh, infrastructure. Okay. All these industries, uh, the vertical based LLMs are, uh, are coming and, uh, and, and if they're only few months away, or, you know, if not, I'm definitely not years. They're only a few yeah. months away. Yeah. And once, and once these are in place, okay. Uh, in the generative AI based enterprise solution based on, you know, these specific LLMs, okay, uh, are going, are going to be evolved. I mean, generic LLMs with, uh, you know, uh, generative AI, uh, large language models, then verticalized LLMs, then enterprise specific LLMs. That's anyway, the law, you know, logical extension. The second to third one is, is difficult. Okay. It's not as easy. But, uh, you know, uh, they're going to get there. So enterprises are open uh, to uh, to live with generative AI as, as the new paradigm. They're accepting it. They are having uh, discussions and decisions as to how to, uh, you know, uh, how to implement it. We are entering for most of the companies, especially global companies, we are entering the last quarter, mind you. And this is the quarter where they finalize the budget for the, for the next year. In fact, uh, we know for a fact that a lot of companies are looking at you know allocating budgets for uh you know uh generative ai based uh, solutions for for the you know starting with next year and for the next few years so what are the kind of budgets that you are seeing them allocate i mean in a sense like would be upwards of millions of dollars would be you know kind of uh, it would be interesting to know no, depend depends on the size of the company, right? I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. The, the, the app, app providers and the startup guys would love to know oh, what no, the, no. You know, what the what but, the budgets uh, that their potential clients have. But uh, no, uh, it depends on the size of the company. Global multinational companies uh, do know that uh, they have to invest. Uh, you know, uh, they have to allocate uh, a few millions of dollars. Okay, because the use cases. Uh, uh, for global companies are, are also going to be vast, you know, from support to marketing and most importantly, adopting, you know, some of these big companies might want to have their own LLMs, like, you know, Bloomberg has its own LLM uh, internally. Okay. Uh, some of the media houses would like to have its, uh, have their own uh, LLMs. So, but uh, Jent, Jent, once again, uh, because I think this is an important uh, distinction because when we are talking about a generic LLMs. Then we are talking about vertical LLMs. You know, they people might be, you know, sort of misled into thinking that, okay, if I have a vertical LLM, my problem is solved. Vertical LLMs, uh, impl uh, implementing vertical LLMs uh, is easier said than done because of the issues will be the same. So that I, do, I don't want to get the impression that, okay, fine, I have a vertical LLM. Wow. So now, you know, my problem has been solved. No, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not. I mean, it, it again depends on the, you know, the issues of hallucination, the issues of uh, loops uh, of data, of repetitions of data is 
this is going to continue you know it it, it only depends on the uh, you know fine tuning of the algorithm and the, like you rightly said the continual fine tuning of the algorithm okay and it, you know it also depends on data you know how much what data is the right and how much synthetic data that they're using if you look at bloomberg it's a 7 10 billion parameter uh, llm that they've created of which 340 billion is uh, billion parameters are their own actual raw data and 360 billion, uh, you know, 360 or 370 billion is about uh, synthetic data. Okay. So they are also able to create synthetic data because they had their own actual raw data in place. Okay. Uh, but that's a that's a huge model. I mean, nowadays we know that, we, you know, there are uh, generative AI algorithms running on 13 billion. There are 7 billion oh, yes. also, but you know, 7 billion. billion is where a decent accuracy, a decent accuracy has been reached. Okay. Uh, 13 billion as well. But yes, to your point, completely understand. Uh, and it is right that vertical LLMs do not uh, remove the issues of generative AI. Okay. Uh, you know, the reputation and they the hallucination make... might happen uh, in their exactly. own domain, but it, they would they would still happen. Yeah, and they make life okay. easier. I mean, and it's, and it's, that it's is why the first few applications in enterprises that will be implemented will be in, uh, you know, low risk, uh, low touch point uh, areas of uh, you know support and back end back end support uh, instead of uh, you know uh, high risk and and you know front end uh, applications uh, and use cases okay so that that is uh, that th that is what is expected and some of the you asked for about budget allocations okay one of the budget uh, allocation line items that i'm seeing some of the enterprises are doing is also for uh, consulting and advisory how best to you know implement generative ai for their companies remember you know five six years back 2015 2016 companies had digital transformation budgets right they did not know how to uh you know all these digital technologies that are evolving uh you know from telecom to internet to mobile to advanced analytics and ai ml in the early stages back then and even iot in the early stages back then how can they use any of these technologies and uh you know how for, how can they use them for their purpose or for their company's purpose okay so they all had digital transformation budgets of which a certain section uh, was allocated factored for consulting and advisory as well so even now you know generative ai is where as far as the enterprises are concerned digital transformation was back in 2015 and 16 so they you know for the next year or two there's a significant uh, portion of the budget of generative ai that's being allocated for uh, consulting and advisory as well you know how to understand no, how make, make uh, sense, the models sense. are evolving technologies are evolving and how can they be used yeah but i think the interesting part here is like when we are talking about uh, generative ai uh, from a generic point of view and then the vertical llm i would always like to give the analogy of till first to 10 standard at, at least in india uh, first to 10 standard you learn all the subjects Right, and then when you go to twelfth standard, then you sort of fine tune it, and you you know you sort of narrow down the choices. Then when you reach graduation, you again narrow down the choices. That's a kind of vertical. And then when you do post graduation, do a PhD, then you start hardcore specialization. So I mean, just that's to, a good uh, analogy, actually. That's a very yeah. good analogy for someone yeah. to someone to draw because, parallels and understand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And now the interesting part is, uh, of course, we could uh, speak uh, about. Uh, chat GPT for enterprises till the cows come home. The, the interesting part is that I was intrigued by what Paytm put out in its annual report. It says that, okay, fine. It's a 492 page annual report. And 
it talks about uh, so Paytm is a good company, and uh, I mean, as I think it has done all. It, it's been at the forefront of creating or strengthening India's uh, financial ecosystem, the digital payments ecosystem. So I must hand it over to uh, Vijay Shekhar Sharma for doing all that. But and I think they're doing a lot of work as far as. Uh, AI-based uh, stuff is concerned because anyway, the BFSI sector and the financial sector, digital payment sector lends itself very easily to yes. all, uh, to, you know, seeking patterns, to using machine learning, etc. Exactly. I, so, so when in his annual report, he said that he's uh, trying to build an um, uh, India scale AI stack. I said, wow, I said, this is great. I, it's, it's a very logical kind of conclusion. But really what caught my attention was where he mentioned, it's it's actually a one line, you know, that entire 492 page but i think it was out of place over there when he started speaking about that this we have the ai stack is being uh, sort of created with an eye on uh, uh, building an agi software stack now <laughs> that i felt you know was clearly agi washing for instance yeah i mean see either you have uh, there are two uh, assumptions that i have to make here one right. is that if I go by the commonly accepted, uh, you know, a definition of AGI, which would mean that uh, artificial general intelligence is something where AI becomes conscious of itself, starts reasoning, thinking like a human being, and then it brings into mind all the pictures that we have, uh, whether it's a Terminator, whether it's a Skynet, whether it's that uh, film called Her, uh, where the software yeah. starts or, or becoming... Or what you, you, will, you will keep talking about these days. You will yeah, or what you will do, yeah. Now... I, I don't understand why it has to bring in the picture of AGI. So is Paytm really working on something that we don't know and saying that you want to export that stack out of uh, out of India? Uh, I feel, you know, we can, I, at this juncture where people are doing such good work with AI, I think, you know, they can do uh, without resorting to all uh, these kind of words because these are distractions, I think. I know that not many people would have understood the difference, but I'm sure that KTM understands the difference between AI and AGI. So to draw comparison, you. Uh, you know, I would really like to understand what their definition of AGI is, number one. Okay. Uh, Excellent. I mean, because as an industry analyst, you know, giving them the benefit of doubt, there are a couple of uh, advantages that I see that Paytm, uh, Paytm has. In fact, Paytm... But, Jeff, uh, uh, a minute. I reached out to them with specific okay. questions and they promised me, they assured me that they'll get back to me with the answer. They did not get back till the time I had uh, written about it. So I gave them a fair chance of almost like uh, four or five days to this point. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so in all fairness, no. I reached out because I exactly asked them, I said, kindly define what you mean by AGI, you know? Fair enough. No, I mean, in today's day and age, considering where the technology is, considering the resources that the technology needs, to generate, to do what it does. Mind you, the generative AI queries are anywhere between 70 to 70 times costlier than normal search queries. Okay. Yes. What uh, search queries Google costs. Okay. So in terms of, you know, uh, resource and infrastructure, uh, you know, usage, generative AI engines and, uh, you know, where they are today, they are all, all you know, almost performing at the peak of uh, where the infrastructure exists, right? From here, you know, talking about creating an AGI stack and, you know, if it's the true sense of the word uh, and definition of AGI, it sounds far-fetched, honestly, okay? Uh, but, you know, 
to give Paytm the uh, benefit of doubt or advantage, Paytm was the first or one of the first companies to set up a AI team in Canada very early, yes, you know, yes, back yes. in 2014-15, you know, and and uh, coming out of University of Toronto where, uh, you know, uh, Professor Jeffrey Hinton and, uh, and all were there. So right. they had a good AI team right in the beginning, right when they raised the early SoftBank funding, actually, uh, right? Uh, that and uh, then... If you look at it, uh, you know, Paytm in India garners, uh, you know, uh, financial transaction data in every nook and corner in terms of breadth and depth. Okay. So that way they might be, you know, uh, able to, they, they might be sitting on anonymized aggregated, uh, you know, financial transaction data, which will give them indications and signals, right? Of gen, you know, general life in different nooks and corners of India, and there there can be some intelligence that can be built over that. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm okay with that. Exactly. So uh, we are giving the devil its due. We are saying, okay, fine. Here, clearly, Paytm is at the forefront of advanced analytics. Clearly, it's at the forefront of AI. But see, also my point is, uh, there's a certain skill set required for AGI. If you go towards this, even generative AI, for that matter of fact, and AGI, it's a, these are guys with deep learning neural network. Uh, in front. Yes. So this is just not machine learning. This is also uh, uh, pretty advanced from that point. We uh, so in of course, Paytm Labs is there. They will be doing a lot of cutting edge, but look at the R&D budgets of, uh, say, yeah. uh, Paytm and look at the R&D budgets of a Google or Microsoft or Anthropic or AI, OpenAI. Uh, uh, Paytm is a listed company, so all its numbers are there in the public domain. I was looking at it, it has got about $1.4 billion in cash, but right. also its employee costs are run into... Uh, 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 you know, three, four thousand crores. It's uh, uh, technology budgets run into, and it's not Which just half a billion, day. half a billion dollars unto itself. Yeah, exactly. So there are other recurring costs, working, cap working uh, capital, capital costs. Yeah. So yeah. it just looks a little. I'm just saying, AJ, uh, for most companies, AJ is uh, probably talking about AJ is a little premature at this point in time. My my uh, experience, Leslie, is if there's anything mentioned in a 498-page report as just a one line, uh, you know, it's I normally overlook it. Okay, because any any uh, any uh, uh, you know company report, if they're serious about it, they allocate a chapter or two on it and go deep exactly. on it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, but so so my my point is uh, when doing it for the listed company. Exactly. That's I I wouldn't want it. If it had it been a had Paytm just been a startup or the unicorn, I would have you know let it pass. Or a but unicorn, I like that startup or a unicorn. <laughs> I will see because unicorns have been you know mouthing a lot of platitudes of late, and we have seen cases. I don't want to take any names out here, but we all know they, they have you know had to bite the dust after that because. I remember I've had so many conversations with unicorns over a period yes. of time. And I, it's not only me that so many five reporters who have red flagged this, so many analysts have red flagged it. And the unicorn founders have time and again, uh, there are some brilliant ones who have been very consistent, who have shown revenue, profitability, and have taken you know, uh, the country many notches ahead. I'm saying, I'm not talking of that they should be failing or they should be, every, there are, I think uh, for every 10 startups, I think seven anyway fail. Those are like accepted uh, norms that VCs and angels will tell you that. But uh, having said that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying that consistency shows, like if you start putting in words here and there, 
Yes. Especially when this is a listed company, because there are minority shareholders also. There are small yes. shareholders who get excited. Okay, should I be investing in this company? Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, the, the the thing that triggered it off was actually somebody asked me, "Are yeah, Paytm is working on the AGI? AGI. And uh, what are your thoughts on that?" I said, "See, I don't invest in stocks because I'm not allowed to. First of all, as a uh, uh, media person, and I don't advise on stocks, but I can only tell you about AGI. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that was my trigger. It's so just, uh, yeah. If if they mention it only as a one line and there's no uh, no further mm-hmm. description of it, and you've reached out to them and 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 they were not able to get back to you within four or five days, then uh, you know uh, I don't yeah. think no, no, that's what I'm saying. Taken I'm, seriously. I'm, I'm, and I'm just saying that companies, especially listed companies, should be cautious before, you know, they uh, do that stuff. Because it's okay. not that we do not want Indian companies to do it. We want Indian companies. I think it's very important that we create a kind of an India G- GPT, which I think Tech Mahindra and all are working on LLMs and all, uh, you yes. know, towards an Indian. The Indian Institute of Science is doing some brilliant work. Yes. Uh, and I, there are a lot of these companies who are doing a lot of, you no. Know, there, there's a lot of stellar work being done in India, uh, groundbreaking work, I would say. And uh, we want more of this stuff, along with the Neera Chopra's and along with, uh, you know, it, it's just not a javelin. Chandrayaan 3s and Chandrayaan 3s yes, and, and Isro's, it, of course. No, of course. It's, 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 Isro has put us on the moon, it's going to the sun. Okay. Uh, yes, so we yes. want, so we, we surely want somebody, you know, putting us on the AI map. We are already there. It's not that Got in it. the application Got space. It. Uh, we'd love it to have it on the R&D space. So I, will, I will tell you this. And this is something that I learned from, you know, my Geneva trip uh, for the last two weeks. What I hear, and, and I was uh, speaking with some very senior people, uh, you know, who consult for UN and, and I was having lunches and dinners with, uh, you know, people who either consult or work with CERN or UN or, you know, in the Geneva area. And, uh, you know, these guys are global people, all their careers, they've, they've worked all around the world. What I hear is in US and in the Valley, especially, if, uh, you know, there are resumes uh, for AI specialists, AI engineers, data scientists, and if it's an Indian, uh, there's an Indian name, the resume goes on top of the pile, apparently. So, yeah. you know, AI rising is happening, only that we don't know. Okay. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's still uh, a, a subtle under the surface thing, but... I, I agree, man. I mean, you know, I have been saying for the longest of time, the next Steve Jobs, the next Elon Musk or the next Jack Ma has to be an Indian. Okay. I'm, I'm a very, very, very strong advocate and believer of that. Okay. So I'd rather, I'd, I'd be really happy to see an Indian company building an AGI stack. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if, if Indians can become the CEOs of multinational companies, I'm exactly. sure <laughs> we, we will be seeing a lot more on the AI part. On this good and encouraging note, I know we wanted to speak about AI regulations, but that we'll leave it for the next, next episode. episode. Thanks, uh, Jay. Thanks, Leslie. It was fun as always.